Kigachikaze is a fraud. Calvin Cater is a god. With the fire selections and the fire reflections, this is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Yeah. What the fuck is up, everybody? This is Juice. And this, well, Juice is my name, and this is the Finding With Myself podcast. A podcast for the above-average MMA fan, hosted by an above-average man. And I am that man. It has been a long time since we've done an FWM, mostly because that's not really the name of this podcast anymore. It's Friendly Sparring. But that name really only works if I have someone to spar with. And this week, Leo couldn't be with us, so I decided... Let's do a solo FWM. What do you say? Um, before I recap the fights, just a quick uh, life update things. A few, a few life updates. As you can tell, <laughs> I'm having trouble putting words together because you boys are a little drunk. Well, not really. I just started. <laughs> but I'm maybe I'm already hungover <laughs> from last night. <laughs> I didn't say already hungover, still hungover. Words are hard. You know what I mean? But um, I had some, uh, had some, a few booze, a few booze. <laughs> wow, dude, that's how this is going. Um, had a few drinks, some booze last night. Um, and as is tradition when I do these sort of impromptu FWM episodes, I like to cut loose. I like to have a little drink. So we're going to keep the that tradition going, I guess. Hmm. What I want to say, <clears throat> as far as life updates, <clears throat> I just got cast in a show. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. Um, I may have talked about it with a few people um, in the DMs or whatever, but uh, I uh, I just got cast in uh, Shrek the Musical. And um, <clears throat> did not get Shrek. A little disappointed about that. But I got four other characters. No one else has that many. I'm carrying the whole fucking show on my back. I'm going to need a chiropractor after this show is done. God. Just kidding. Um, so that's going up. If you're in the New Jersey area, well, I should say the Tri-State area, because it's actually the theater that I'm doing this is at the, the Middletown Art Center. It is right next to, and I don't mean like down the street or whatever. It is literally like adjacent touching the Middletown train station for New Jersey Transit that runs right into Union Station. So if you're in New York, if you're in pretty much anywhere in New Jersey, maybe even parts of PA, you can get here very easily. It's very easily accessible. Um, <clears throat> but it goes up March 5th, 6th, and 12th, I believe. Opening weekend is definitely March 5th and 6th. And then if I remember correctly, we only have one show the following weekend on the 12th. A little bit weird. But it should be fun. Um, doing, doing a few shows with that. Before that, uh, my th my theater that I normally do shows with, um, we're doing a uh, cabaret. On it's like a Valentine's Day theme cabaret the weekend before Valentine's Day, whatever that is the uh, the fifth I think also. I'll have to check, but you know, let's see, Valentine's Day is a Monday, the thirteenth Sunday, twelfth. Yeah, so it has to be the fifth and the sixth. It's definitely the 5th and the 6th, just like the track. So yeah, the 5th and 6th of February in Atlantic Highlands at the Atlantic Highlands uh, movie, movie house. Movie house. 
Yeah. Uh, great theater that um, is kind of like a... I want to say like a... What's the word I'm looking for? It, it's it's very old. It, it's it's like a, a a classic thing from from that uh, area. Like people are like you know remember it from their childhood and things. And it was kind of like in danger of going out of business. And um, some friends of of our theater that we do, some people that are on the board, they bought the theater and they're gonna let us do the show out of that theater, <clears throat> which is crazy. Um, <clears throat> Well, movie house, I should say, not even a theater, but they have one room that's like has like a little bit of a stage or whatever, and we're gonna go up there and fucking do some do some songs, you know? It's fun. I'm uh, I'm singing. I don't know if I should tell. None of you are gonna come see it. Why do I uh, act like it's this whole to do? Um, <laughs> I am gonna sing uh, "Growled with You" from The Wedding Singer, which is originally a movie, but they made a musical of it, and I'm singing. <clears throat> Anything you can do from Any Get Your Gun. Now, you may not be familiar with that show at all or think you know that song, but I guarantee you have heard it at least in like any sort of like, dude, they used to play it in commercials all the time. Like, anything you can do, I can do better. Like, that's the fucking song I'm doing. So, yeah, it should be really fun doing that. And then I'm going to go murder. I shouldn't say that. This is incriminating. I meant to say I'm going to go crush it in Shrek next week. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my little uh, life update stuff that I wanted to, to go over, but, uh, the most important thing and the reason why you're here and why I'm here is we got some fucking fights this past weekend. The UFC was back, baby. And it was amazing. And honestly, like I was watching the fights going like, like the, I remember the prelims were, were pretty dang good and, and the main card as well. And I remember thinking, Am I enjoying the hell out of this card because it's the first time in a while? Like, not first time in a while, but first fights back in a while and like, over a month. Or about a month, I should say. Because December 18th was the last card. Or are they that good? And I think the answer lies somewhere in between. Like, I don't think they were, you know, mediocre or anything. But I think I definitely enjoyed them more than I would have on a normal fight night. If this is, like, in the midst of a eight or 11 fight stretch like they normally do. So that's um, that's kind of how I feel about it. But I wanted to co kind of go over some of the, the card. It wasn't a big card. I might as well just go over the whole thing, right? Um, first fight of the night on the prelims was a dang good fight. Uh, downtown TJ Brown versus Charles get a new nickname Rosa. I mean, God, what a fucking... I mean, I get you're from Boston, and right, and you have Boston pride. You're like Boston strong, and that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to shit on Boston. Like, I, I love Massachusetts. I love people from Boston. Get a fucking better nickname than a catchphrase, dude. Boston strong? Are you kidding me? That's like a rally cry for like when, when, whenever there's like a tragedy. They're like, oh, Boston strong. We'll stay together. It's like there's um, there's a chain of gyms here in new jersey that used to be called world of workout also a terrible name and they would like abbreviate it wow which can decide which is worse but i i know both of those are better than what they renamed it when it was bought i think it was bought out or maybe they just rebranded or whatever they renamed it jersey strong and hey if the name i'm, I'm big on names dude the name of a gym is a catchphrase like no you can have your fucking, and I'm actually pretty sure that was the old catchphrase. I'm pretty sure it was like, World of Workout, Jersey Strong. 
No. Your name should not be a fucking hashtag. Like, coconut bombs. I know you guys love it. And you guys love to make me angry by saying it's my favorite when it's not. But it's not the fucking name of a person. It's the name of a technique. Uh, anyway, I'm going to... Coconut Bombs isn't even fucking fighting. Justine Kish and Coconut Bombs. Definitely the two most fighters we talk about when they're not fighting. Um, I shouldn't even say his stupid nickname. Maki Patolo. By the way, a badass name, too. And, and a cool dude. Not hating on him. Just his fucking shitty nickname. Where was I going? This fight. TJ Brown. TJ Brown had a good interview on Combat Source with Rhino, dude. You guys should go check it out. <laughs> I gotta say, like, Leo keeps me on track. And that's really, like, he, like, physically, like, actively keeps me on track. But, like, having a co-host keeps me on track. Otherwise... I'm going off the fucking rails, dude. I'm, not, I'm, so, I'm so off the rails right now. I'm not even near the rails. But um, the fight was good. And I think the, you know, I don't know, Charles Rosa's performance could have been. Here's what I'll say. He took the fight in like three days notice. And it didn't necessarily look like a guy who took a fight in three days notice. Like, he was in a lot better shape than you would think. But I got to feel like he would have done better if it had not been on three days notice. That's all I'll say. Because I don't want to be so negative as much as to just say TJ Brown did work. Like, I don't know if that fight goes any differently if Charles Rosa has a full camp. I mean, maybe he does better. But TJ Brown, he took him to downtown. He dropped him off and he said, fuck you. Take an Uber back. I'm not leaving. I'm not taking you with me. You're staying here in downtown. I don't know if that works. Does he take, if he's downtown TJ Brown, does he take him out of the downtown? Does he bring him to Midtown? People that <laughs> people that don't live in the near New York uh, won't get that. Yo, New York is so fucking overrated. Can I just say? Uh, I know like people from that. I mean the city, not the state. I've had I've had nothing but great experiences, and I mean great experiences in upstate New York. Granted, both those times were with the homie freelance schoon, but I mean. Between his wedding, which was incredible, and getting my fucking amazing tattoo. Here for the patrons. See that? Look at that. Look at how fucking great that is. Anyway, dude. Upstate New York. Better than NYC any day of the week. Except for Upstate New York does not have Broadway. I mean, that's very important. If New, if New York City was just Broadway, it would be the best city in the world. Yep, this is going to be about two minutes of fight talk and 58 minutes of fucking rambling. He lied, thinking it would be only an hour long. Um, so that was that fight. TJ Brown uh, did work. Go check out his interview on Rhino's podcast. And my boy Boom Kelleher did work also against Kevin Kroom. Another late uh, notice replacement, short notice replacement. I don't know how late, and I, and I honestly don't know who his original opponent was. Nor do I know who T.J. Brown's initial uh, opponent was. I mean, I'm sure it was mentioned on that Comments vs. Ryan episode. Uh, I have a bad short-term memory. So, obviously, not going to remember shit. But anyway, Brian Kelleher, uh, they fucking, dude, they fucking shortchanged him on the on the post-fight interview. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I forget who it was because I, I was tweeting about it. You guys... I only paid attention to like 50% of these fights. And when I say that, what I mean is I definitely paid attention. 
but your boy was tweeting a lot and not just on the friendly sparring account i was tweeting from the burner too anyway dude um court mcgee you gotta just bypass brian keller oh what i was gonna say brian kelleher I was I was tweeting how like I was like I can't wait for him to cut a sick ass promo. By the way, tweeted that like midway through the second round. Already so confident he was gonna win. I was like I can't wait for him to cut a sick ass promo after he wins because obviously he's gonna win. Um, someone commented like, "Do you think DC cut him off because they didn't want another sugar call out?" Hashtag conspiracy or something like that. It was like a conspiracy thing, and I was like, "Look into it. Look into it. They're protecting Sean O'Malley from my boy Boom." They're protecting him. I also really hate giving Sean O'Malley any credit for anything because he is good, but he's a fucking idiot, dude. He's so dumb. Like, imagine... No, I'm not even going to make that reference. This doesn't even make sense. But anyways, there's that. Boom. He's the man. Court McGee. Okay, here's the thing. Court McGee has an amazing story. Uh, he was a uh, recovering, well, he is a recovering, they say, you know, he's in recovery. He was an addict. He's a former addict. He's a recovering, I don't, I don't know if he was just an alcoholic or if there was other stuff as well, because I remember like Jared Gordon talking about how how many times he's like OD'd and like, I thought he mentioned Matt Brown and Court McGee is also having another, or maybe they just, maybe he, maybe Court just talked about his struggles with alcohol and they bought it over that or whatever. Um, Amazing story. Won the Ultimate Fighter. Very humble dude. Came from humble background. He's from Utah. And listen, I don't know if we still have listeners in Utah. I definitely have had listeners from Utah in the past. If you live in Utah and you listen to this podcast, this is not directed at you because you're amazing. Anyone who listens to this podcast is amazing already by proxy. If you are from Utah, I want you to lose. <laughs> I want you to lose. And sometimes I forget course from Utah. I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Beat his ass, court, yeah. And then I hear, like, fighting out of Ogden, Utah. And I'm like, lose. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate Utah. I, I lived there for a year and a half, and my parents still live there. It is a dump. Uh Nothing but bad things to say about Utah, except the people who listen to this podcast who are from Utah. Um, honestly, I also only li- um, really have experienced uh, St. George. I hear that Salt Lake City is like fucking amazing. Um, and I went to, I don't know if it was in Salt Lake or if it was in Provo, but I went up to Northern Utah for a theater conference and it was cold as shit, so I didn't like that. But I remember being like, okay, this is fun. Mostly I was at the theater conference, so that was fun. Not necessarily not in Utah. But anyway, um, oh, I saw Robert Bridegroom while I was there. Yeah, Robert Bridegroom is my favorite musical because of that. Well, it got overtaken by Passing Strange, but um, that was it um, But at that time. Moving on, uh, Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes. Uh, <laughs> how about Joseph Holmes' nickname? Being Ugly Man Joe. Hey, change it. Immediately. Immediately change it. That's why he lost. 
<laughs> granted, he's won like eight fights or so with that nickname. Or is this Felta seven and two? No, he's won seven fights with that nickname, assuming he had it at the start. Um, if he just had that nickname, hey, that's the problem. You don't need any analyst. You don't need to watch tape. You don't need your coaches to say, oh, you were telegraphing the right hand. No, it's the nickname. Change the fucking nickname, Ugly Man Joe. Terrible nickname. I'm drinking, I'm drinking hard kombucha. They call it a Midnight Painkiller is the um, brand. And they fucking put it upside down. So even I'm showing the patrons, they can't really read it. It has coconut, pineapple, orange, and nutmeg. Hey, if that's not the most fucking delicious thing you've ever heard, maybe change your palate. Maybe get a new taste palate. Just kidding. Wow, I'm so fucking weird today. I forgot what it's like to have a solo podcast. I'm used to talking to Leo. And when I look at the screen, I see him on the Zoom, and it's all right with the world. And now I'm looking at my fucking mediocre ass face like, why are you still doing this? Just kidding. Okay, Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes. Change your nickname. That's all I have to say about that. Like, it was it was a mid fight. It was it was painfully mid. Like it was just like, oh yeah, this is a fight. This is a middleweight fight. Change your nickname. And uh Jamie Pickett What is the name? Something the wolf? Is it just the wolf? Oh, the night wolf. Mm. I don't know if that adjective is necessary. I feel like most wolves are night wolves. They're nocturnal by nature. I could have made that up. I probably did. Um, I'm not going to Google it or correct it. Bellagio, okay. Super mixed feelings about this guy. I'll tell you why. Um, I saw his contender series fight with Brendan Loughnane. Now, Brendan Loughnane beat the brakes off of him. And it was a great, it was great back and forth. Like, uh, he gave as much as he got, but Brendan Loughnane clearly won. And it was a fucking slugfest for like three, so two rounds and then four minutes and 40 seconds of the third round. So for uh, 14 minutes and 40 seconds, it was like Gaethje Chandler, but not as good. Or like Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin, but not as good. And then the last 20 seconds, Brendan Loughnane grabs a takedown to really secure it because you never know with the judges. Secures the round. Dana got so mad and fucking petty, refused to sign him. There's a lot of things I hate Dana for. That might be at the top of the list. Like, bro, these men just donated brain cells, and you're out here saying, oh, that's not how you fight, dude. We don't like that in the UFC. Hey, man, you have a ton of wrestlers who that's all they do, and they get to keep fighting. Oh, my God, I hate Dana White so fucking much. What a fucking idiot. Anyways, Bill Algio was the other half of that fight, and... uh I remember texting T-Cross at the time. He was like, oh, I've trained with Bill. He's really fucking good. And so we've talked about him a little bit and how like cool he is to train with, etc. And then he gets, first of all, mad that he got the, he didn't get the contract obviously that night because they don't give contracts to losers on, on Dana White's Tinder series. Um, don't fact check me on that. But anyways, he got a contract later and 
the nickname, Senior Perfecto, hey, immediately change it. You could have Mr. Perfect. I mean, even though I would expect someone with that nickname to be undefeated if we're if it's a if it's a fight nickname, not just like in life. But anyways, uh, Mr. Perfect would be better than Senior Perfecto, the whitest guy of all time with a Spanish, the whitest guy of all time with a Spanish nickname. No. But anyways, is it that? Yeah, it's just that. So I, he's apparently super cool according to T-Cross, and I'm like, yeah, dude. I'll, I'll like everyone he tells me about. I'm like, yeah, let's root for them. But then I remember his fucking nickname and the fact that he got the contract over Brendan Lafayne, and I'm like, uh, but that's it. Um, who is his opponent? Joe Anderson Brito. Yeah, no, doesn't matter. Uh, good fight though, and a and a and a well deserved win. I thought that was a, a the right call. So that's all I have to say about that. Moving on, this is well, that was the first fight of the main card, I guess. Wow, there was only fucking ten fights last night. So dumb. Um, next we had Vyacheslav Borshev, aka Slava Claus, according to Uriah Faber, which I thought was just like a gym name. It's his actual fight nickname as well. Because I guess Vyacheslav, like Slava, is like short for that. I like I don't know if that's like Johnny for Jonathan or something like that. You know what I mean? Reminds me of uh. I had a Serbian co-worker at uh, my dealership in L.A. once. His name was Boyan Kukanovic. And I had some Serbian customers. Like, he left because people in the car business don't stay around long. They leave immediately. He left. Then, um, like, two weeks, two months later. <laughs> sometime between two weeks and two months. Time is a construct. Um, some Serbian customers came in. I was like, oh, yeah, we just had a Serbian guy work here not too long ago. His name was... Boyan Kokanovich. And the guy was like, oh yeah, that's like John Smith out there. I was like, dude, of course that makes sense. Um, but anyways, uh, Slava Claus beat the brakes off Dakota Bush, dude. I mean, wow. It, was, it wasn't it was like completely dominant one of this end. Uh, yeah, it ended in the first round. So yeah, th three minutes and 47 seconds. I don't remember being like, Oh, Bush has no chance. Like right away, I definitely thought Slava was gonna pull it off. But if I remember correctly, like Bush had a couple of moments in there where, you know, he was landing some good shots or, or had a takedown or two in there or whatever. Slava Claus hit him with this fucking, I don't know if it was a punch or a kick, but he got him in the liver. I remember that, somewhere in the body. Motherfucker shut down. Motherfucker being Bush. And that was all she wrote, dude. And then Salva Claus does this fucking Russian-ass dance. Like, so Russian. The most Russian thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, <laughs> not true. <laughs> so, I went to, obviously, a performing arts college. Most of you know that. Uh, we used to have this thing called Cafe Performances. And it was like a open mic sort of thing. I mean, you had to, like, audition. It was so fucking, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like the people who ran it were like biased kind of or whatever it was like uh like they would pick favorites you know what i mean we got in one time me and uh my friend andrew who is leo's friend also uh we got in for doing a sketch because it's mostly singing people were just sing it was like it was supposed to be open to any performances but they would just it would just be a bunch of singers i'm like okay that's fine uh but anyways we got in with doing like a comedy sketch and uh 
fucking Andrew couldn't do it because of prior commitments, and I was ugh, still haven't forgiven him. Uh, just kidding, if you're listening, Andrew, he listens sometimes. But uh, we were gonna have this fucking comedy sketch, anyways. That's neither here nor there. That's not what this story is about. There was this Russian guy at our school, Dmitry something Russian, and I remember seeing him at like uh, dance. Oh, I forget what they we would have. The, we would have him like once a year where there was like a dance concert. I forget what they called it. It was like the dance. I don't know. I was gonna say recital and sound super like whatever, but dancers would be like, "That's kids. Kids have recitals or whatever." Anyways, it was like a dance. Did they call it a dance workshop? I think they called it a dance workshop, which is also like like a workshop is an unfinished product. But they would like rehearse for weeks for this thing, and you had to like it was super strict. It was it was honestly like I love those shows because they were such polished dancers. They were so good. Um, and I remember seeing this guy dancing and remember thinking like he was sort of non-traditional, but like he could do traditional dancing. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Super Russian. He does cafe performances and he does the most Russian dance of all time. And it was like, uh, it was one of those dances that was like supposed to tell a story or whatever. Like he was like, sit, he was like sitting on a bench with like a fucking, he had like a suit jacket on with a fake cigarette because it was like inside he was trying to like you know smoke whatever and he starts like then uh, i want to say he was like had a cup like he was begging for change or something like that and he just starts dancing and it, oh it's so russian like if you thought the the slava class dance was russian dude this that fucking this dance from dimitri russian name was making that dance look like the mashed potatoes like the most american dance um, do the mashed potato, do the twist. You know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, so Russian dude, Slava Claus. Um, so there was that. Kaylin Chukagan versus Jennifer Maia was next, dude. Uh, that fight happened. You know, another another decision win for Kaylin Chukagan, according to Mike. Bad to the bond. Stealing that from CME. Not really stealing, just. Carrying on the gospel, if you will. Giving credit. It's not stealing if you give credit. Anyway, Mike. I'm going to try and come up with my own one. Mike always fucking presents random facts. Bond was like, this is like fight week. He was like, Caitlin Chukagian has a chance to make UFC history by being the first fighter to win 10 decisions without a finish in the UFC. Hey, maybe don't highlight that. Maybe don't put that out there. Maybe that's the worst stat that anyone has ever perpetuated. Maybe. I'm just saying stuff. Hashtag just saying stuff. Oh, dude. It's time for another drink. Because clearly I'm, I'm not incoherent enough. Uh, anyway. Dimitri Russian name, Mike Bond. Yes, bad stat, but it came true, and that's all I can think about. All I can think about was her. Well, all I can think about during the fight was that time that she got her Twitter "quote unquote" hacked, and I kind of believe that I think it was hacked. But I think the hacker chose their target for a reason. I want to say the hacker maybe maybe knows her, maybe maybe this hacker. Went to school with her, grew up in the same neighborhood, and is like, I know she's a 
fucking closet freak, dude. I'm gonna hack into her Twitter and I'm gonna like a bunch of porn and BBC tweets and they're gonna fucking see all of that shit on the timeline. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's all I could think about and then she won and then all I could think about was the stat. So congrats Mike Bond for making me think about that shitty stat when I should have been thinking about, oh, Caitlin Cheney is on track with a with a win now. She's back on track, even though in that division it doesn't really mean a lot because the uh, champion is the most talented fighter we've ever seen in the in the past twenty years. Um, that's obviously hyperbole, but you get what I'm saying. Okay, so moving on from that train wreck of a fight recap, Brandon Roy, Roy Val versus Rogério Bontorin. I have to say, dude, and again was mostly tweeting for most of these fights. I was just, you know what I mean? Like, I've said this before. This podcast is very much based around Twitter. Like, that's kind of how it originated. And that's how it's grown. So when I think about, like, you know, fight nights, all about kind of how it happens on the timeline. Twitter without, MMA Twitter specifically, without fights is like, a bunch of people who never learned how to socialize suddenly without a topic of conversation to carry on and come up with the worst possible things and just decide to talk shit and spread rumors. It is so toxic and quite frankly dumb. Like even the parts that are not toxic, I'm like, Hey, 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 hey. Why did you tweet that? Seeing too many tweets, you're like, oh, who would be winning their prime? Tank Abbott or Artur Mobov? It's Tank Abbott, obviously, but why are we having this conversation? I made that up, by the way. I've never seen that tweet. But maybe I should tweet it. Like my, um, like my famous... Um, Tweets that I tweet on the podcast where I'm like, oh, this is the fight to make. And I'm like, I got to tweet that, dude. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> this is the stupidest one I've ever... <laughs> I've ever tweeted. Tink Abbott or... Artem Lobov. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make it better and add some um, pictures. Because all the fucking tweets with pictures get the most likes. The algorithm. Anyway. Um, what was I even talking about? Uh, Tank Abbott. Artem Lobov. No. Um, yes. MMA Twitter sucks without fights. So the whole time, like uh, last night, dude, I was just, I was just enjoying being on the timeline when people have actually like fights to talk about, and we're live tweeting fights, and we're having a good time, and no one is like talking about fucking irrelevant shit that doesn't matter. It's so nice, dude. It's so nice, uh, and obviously, like I said, I was on the burner. Uh, but yeah. That's that. What was I going to say? Kaylin Chukagian, bad stat. Oh, I think we're moving on. I, uh, I uh, got away from the fights because I was 
gonna tweet that banger of a tweet. Kenshige, uh, Brandon Royval, Jose Bontorin. Uh, this is what this is why I brought that up because I was like I said, not one hundred percent tuned in. I was for the main event though. We'll get there. Holy shit! But anyway, Jose Bontorin. I remember thinking when it was come time to for for the scorecards to be read, I was like. I don't know if Brandon won this fight. I don't think he did. And it was a split, obviously, which isn't necessarily indicative of a close fight. It could mean the judges are fucking stupid. We've seen that before. Let's not get it twisted, you know. Uh, but the it was a split decision, and Brandon Roval was like, "Yeah, I, I did more damage. He was holding me." Da, 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 da. But there was a phantom tap. There was a what they say in the biz a Brazilian tap, which is all always like when when it when a Brazilian does it it's kind of shitty to say but they call it a Brazilian tap when it's like a you kind of pretend like you just tap once or whatever you can pretend to tap like see if they're gonna stop it and if they don't like you know you make your opponent think you tapped so they'll let off of the submission or whatever but the ref isn't gonna stop it like that sort of thing, um, but Brandon Royval had him in this tight armbar, and Rogério Bontorin. Fuck, he tapped. Check the tape. Nobby Buckles tagged me in the tweet. Go search for that. You can find it. Jedi Goodman posted the video. It was his tweet. Anyway, <laughs> what am I saying, dude? I'm like not even fucking coherent anymore. Brandon Royval is an excellent fighter, and I wanted him to win, but I'm not sure he actually won. That's all I mean to say. Look into it. Look into it. But again, look into the tap. So, yeah, he won. Fuck it. What am I saying? I'm stupid. Don't listen to me. Um, oh, yeah, dude, this co-main event. Jake Collier versus Chase Sherman. And by the way, I'm not, like, super, like, big fan of any of those guys. I like them both, but I'm not, like, oh, yeah, whatever. So many people were, like, first of all, body shaming Jake Collier, like, really body shaming them. Uh, Karen Bryan did on the post show as well. I was, like, KB, not cool. I thought you were better than that. Apparently, she's not. Uh, but anyway, everyone was like, "Oh, I'll take a, I'll take Chase Sherman over a fat Jake Collier any day." Choked your boy, fucking unconscious, dude. I mean, he tapped, so it wasn't unconscious, but whatever. He got him in that, that rear naked choke. Jake Collier. Also, love how he's. Again, super thick, and apparently got called up by Justin Tafa. He was like, "That'd be good if he fucking makes weight." Oh, way to use an opportunity to diss the only heavyweight in history to miss weight in UFC history. Anyway, um, <laughs> I remember Aaron Bronstetter tweeted out something like, <laughs> "A historic moment: the first time if he can make weight has been used in a heavyweight callout." <laughs> Fuck that. And now we go to the main event. Okay, here's what I want to say. Leo and I both said this before. When we we're looking forward to these fights. We're thinking, you know, this is the almost to the day, almost a year exactly to the day of Calvin Cater's fight with Max Holloway. What if he ends up on the wrong side of another hellacious beating, dude? Turns out... He was on the right side of a hellacious beating, dude. He beat the brakes off of Giga Fraud Chikadze. And I, I 
I was slow to like Giga, and I I heard he's a really nice guy. It's a fraud. I'm sorry. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. You heard the intro. If you already listened to my <laughs> my drunk voice message on Combat Sports with Rhino or my completely sober message to Frankie and Brokados, you know where I stand on this. Giga means fraud. That's a fact. Actually, it's not a fact. Blurry... Um, Blurry Derp asked me if that was true. I said, no, I made it up because I'm a real piece of shit. Word to Chels Diesel. Um, yeah. Calvin Cater beat the fucking brakes off of Giga Chikaze. And, he, dude, his striking was so crisp. Um, one, this one account shared this gif where Giga threw like a left cross. Calvin slipped it. Landed a nasty inside right uppercut and then uh, went for like a left sort of step and elbow, which looked like glanced off or Giga may have dodged or whatever. Beautiful sequence. And those step and elbows for Cater were money. He was getting Giga with those. It was like, like what, what do they always say? The old adage, like crowd the kicker. He was crowding the fuck out of the kicker. Giga was like, Oh, I'm trying to land my Giga kick. And Calvin Kidder was like, LOL, you dumb bitch. It's called a liver kick and you didn't invent it. And he was like, oh, I don't know who I am anymore. Giga was so lost because he couldn't do that kick that he thinks he made up. Amazing. Amazing by Kater, that is. Not amazing by Giga. But again, credit to... I mean, not again. I guess I haven't said it yet. Credit to, to Giga for a hell of a chin. You know, being able to take that sort of beating. Um... And, and go the distance because I really thought first I thought Cater was going to submit him and I remember like so um, I'm going to talk about it later on but uh, we're, we're doing another season of the um, Fight Pick League for our patrons over on uh, patreon.com slash friendly sparring shameless plug and uh, a few people had picked Cater by sub and I was like he's not really a submission guy like I get he's fighting a kickboxer with virtually no ground game so it's not the craziest thing, but I don't know if it's the most likely thing. And then when he had him in that, those sequences, not only so like they showed the 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 clips of um, Giga training with Benny Darius and like how he's working on his grappling. I'm like, okay, he's not bad. And then Giga at one point uh, reversed and got on top. He swept him or whatever, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? I miss what happened because there was another scramble. But from that, Cater took his back, like from the bottom. And I was like, oh, he might submit him here. I suddenly became Joe Rogan. I was like, oh, he's hurt. He's in danger of a joke. Um, but Giga defended well, I guess. I mean, I only say that because he didn't get submitted. So the evidence is that he defended. But anyway, I digress. That was uh, UFC Fight Night Vegas 450,000, whatever number we're on. I lost track at this point. I think it's 46, but who cares, right? Like, get a better naming convention. First of all, there's so been so many UFC Fight Nights that, like, you can't really go with that anymore. I mean, you if you stuck with it from the beginning, you could just name them all, like, UFC Fight Night... 
128 or whatever, 172, because it's up there by now. And, and they do use that on Wikipedia sometimes. But then you have fucking, oh, it's UFC Vegas, da-da-da-da. UFC on ESPN Plus, da-da-da-da. Stick with one naming convention and maybe, just maybe, get a better one if you're using the same location week after week after week. UFC needs to hire me for, for PR. Swear to God, dude. Swear to God. I don't even have a background in PR, but I guarantee God damn I can go into that office in that boardroom and say, nah, you're doing it all wrong. It's probably not even PR. <laughs> it's probably just marketing. Or whatever. I guess I kind of have a background in marketing. Not really. But I have relevant skills for marketing jobs, I guess. You could say. I market myself. <laughs> I was about to say something crass. Um, anyway, that was those fights. And again, they were good fights. But were they, were they that good because we... Lost my train of thought. Oh, were were they good because they were good, or were they good because we haven't had fights in almost a month? I think it's both. I think it's both. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will take a small break. <laughs> back we will start the forum ladies and gentlemen the forum starts now and this is going to be probably the longest forum we've had in friendly not an FWM industry don't don't get it twisted because I've had I've had forums on, on FWM back when people used to care and, and, and listen to the show all the time. I've had forums that were like two hours long, dude. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But um, this is going to be a long one because we had actually a fair amount of of like forum submissions for the – January 2nd episode, wherever the, the year end, when we did our best ofs. But that went two and a half hours without a forum, and it was late as fuck. And I was like, hey, we got to skip the forum. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is what we're doing. I had to get to bed. I'm an old man now. And uh, I, I meant to do like a surprise sort of guest, not guest, bonus. That's what I'm looking for, a bonus forum episode like forum only episode just like kind of a Q&A episode um, in between now and that last episode but I decided instead I would do a Patreon exclusive episode with my boy T-Cross um, so check that out on Patreon if you'd like um, speaking of T-Cross he's got like five of these 
because as I said, we have late submissions, or not late, old submissions from before. We literally have some from last year. I know that's like a tired joke because it's like the new year and it's, you know, not like literally a year ago, but it's last year because um, they were like towards the end of December. Um, and I am going to play all of them. I'm going to play every single one. And you'll notice, so what I'm going to say is I, I have those old ones and we have ones from, from last night that came in. Um, so I am going to play all of them and you'll, you'll note that they're mostly directed at, well, pretty much all of them are, direct, are directed at both of us and it's just me. So if I think I know what Leo would answer, I might put words in his mouth. <laughs> Probably not though. We'll see. But here is first couple from Ticos. What's up, guys? It's your boy T Cross. Um, a couple weeks behind on listening, so I'm listening to Fart Horse right now. And you guys are talking about the Cody worst Garbrandt. Name ever. What's next for him? Uh, what do you guys think about Cody Garbrandt working with Trevor Whitman? You know, Cody's biggest issue these days is that he seems to find himself in firefights, and uh, that's where his issue is. You know, skill-wise, he's incredibly skillful, uh, but when he gets himself in firefights, is when he fucks up. Who else loves to firefight more than Justin Gaethje? And who else calmed Justin Gaethje down from his... I mean, he still gets in firefights, but not like he used to. Uh, and that is 100% because of Trevor Whitman. I think if Trevor Whitman could get in there and work with Cody Garbrandt and get him to focus on using his skill set, his full skill set, he could come back from these crazy knockout losses and uh, maybe not get a title again, but could compete at a high level. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's an amazing idea to cross um i fucking forgot we had an episode called fart horse <laughs> i can't believe i did that dude um but um what's it called trevor whitman okay here's what i was gonna say i thought cody was working pretty much exclusively with mark henry or at least like his camps and maybe an off camp because I think he still lives in Sacramento. Like maybe he was, you know, still with Team Alpha. But apparently, according to Uriah Faber's um, latest interview on 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 the MMA Hour, he splits his time. And like I said, I don't I don't know if that means camps with Mark Henry, off camp with uh, Team Alpha. But I thought it sounded like. He does like half his camp there, half his camp the other way there. You know, words are hard. And honestly, can't tell which is the issue because Team Alpha has, you know, historically been a, a, gym, a team of, of fighters coached by other fighters. And that's cool. And, and that, you know, that's great. Sometimes you need other coaches, and they have brought in, you know, but sometimes you need someone who's just a coach and has, like, a, a specialty in a particular skill set. You know, that's just me. And I thought, like, Mark Henry was going to clean up a lot of things. Like, was it the Huffalo Sunset fight that was his first camp with Mark Henry? I can't remember. But he did, obviously, well in that fight. Here's what I'll say, and this is why I don't know why. I remember Corey Anderson talking about 
needing to work on his defense. Like he had, he had been with Mark Henry pretty much his whole UFC career because I think they linked up on the Ultimate Fighter because Frankie Edgar was his coach and Frankie Edgar and Mark Henry linked up with Mark, you know, went whatever. Um. So yeah, Corey Anderson was talking about how he was getting like like when he got knocked out by OSP by that head kick. He was saying how he like his his fiance who I, they're now married, uh, like did kickboxing, and was like, "Well, your foot was in the wrong like you were. You were you had an inside foot position. You needed outside foot position or whatever." The reverse. I'm not a fucking striker. And I was like, how did you get that far in UFC without learning shit like that? And so he would literally do like, you know, training with Mark Henry. And then he would go to a kickboxing class at another gym to learn other basics. And that's why he went on that run where he like somehow beat Glover Teixeira and other people like. What the fuck? So, like, I don't know if Mark Henry is at fault or Alpha is at fault. I mean, bad habits are at fault as well. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he needs to leave Mark Henry entirely or leave Team Alpha entirely. But I like the Trevor Woodman idea is all I meant to say because I think that's a great – I don't even need to expand on it because you nailed it. Like, you know, firefights, like, calming him down, that's kind of like, you know, I said TJ's problem. Wow. Cody's problem. Okay. Glass actually has another question. Question number two for the week. Uh, first off, Merry Christmas. Uh, and uh, I heard you guys talking about uh, Miranda Maverick and uh, Aaron Blanchfield and uh, how Maverick said she doesn't think that they should be fighting this early in their careers because there's two prospects. That's not really how it works in MMA. This isn't boxing where if you get one loss earlier in a career, you're considered a bum. Conor McGregor and Max Holloway fought each other. I think it was both of their second UFC fights when uh, Max might have been 19 years old when they fought, um, or 20. Or he, he was early 20s, both of them. And uh, look what they both grew into. Um, this, this isn't uh, this isn't boxing. You lose one one fight early in your career, you can bounce back from it very easily. Go out and win a couple more fights. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't remember what we said at the time that prompted this. This is, you, you know, by the Merry Christmas there, he said that, he sent he sent it a few days before Christmas. Um, I remember thinking when she said that, like, okay, I see your point, but also what T-Cross said. <laughs> like, I was thinking that in the back of my mind. Like, And also, actually, my main takeaway from that, I wasn't necessarily thinking, like, is that right or wrong? I was more thinking like, that doesn't sound like something a fighter would say. That sounds like something her dad said. Her dad is like one of those like helicopter parents, which if you're like doing any sort of extracurricular, like in this case, not really extracurricular, like fighting, but a, you know, like a stage parent or whatever, that's never good. That's never good. Like, no. Anyway, Totally agree with what Zikra said. Again, not really much to add. Just agree. Hope you guys enjoyed his appearance um, on the podcast, by the way. And, and again, it was Patreon exclusive, so most of you listening have no idea what I'm talking about. But we ranked our top 10 best Ultimate Fighter moments. It was the best. 
It was the top 10 best. But don't. All right, this next message is from Rhino. And if I remember correctly, there's not really a question uh, involved, but I will just play it for you and so you can enjoy it like I enjoyed it. Hey, Juice and Leo. It's your big homie, Rhino, from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So I'm not really doing a question for your show this week. I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, me as a fan, I appreciate all of the content that you brought for uh, 2021. I'm looking forward to everything that you're going to bring to the table in 2022 with your unique, fun, and uh, out-of-the-box way of looking at this crazy, wacky world of MMA that we cover for our shows. Um Hope you guys have a great 2021. Definitely going to be listening to uh, F- FSP every week, as I always do. And I will holler at you guys later. Peace. I really appreciate that, Ryan. And obviously that was um, meant to kind of be played on the award show. And um, obviously I mentioned his show as being one of the most, um, one of the best in MMA that I follow and that I want you guys to follow as well. Uh... Give me, give me a little choke up right now. Oh, here's what, here's what I wanted to say. Um, normally, by the time we record, I have listened to at least part of Rhino's show, and I ha- and I haven't, t- I don't think it's dropped yet. At least I didn't get the notification. So, and I usually try and give him a little plug as far as like the interview because it's usually someone that's like cool. But I don't have a plug for that other than to say, you should listen to his show for my voice question that I sent in (laughs) because I was like uh, I even said I always start uh, every question if you guys have never heard the show before I always like I was like what's up Rhino sometimes I mention the Rhino gang sometimes I don't though because one of them has me blocked and that's the the most stupid reason because I I talked about cannoli dip it's really it's really stupid but anyway um, (laughs) I was like I was like hey what's up Rhino uh, this is Drunk Juice from the Friendly Spark Podcast. <laughs> because I actually said it last night. Normally I wait till the morning. And that's also, like, half the reason for that is because he has to remind me. Like, I was sitting there trying to just, like, wake up and be a functioning member of society. And I'll get a test, like, hey, homie, could really use a juice question. I'll be like, yes, yes, it's on my, on my to-do list. And then I'll send one. But I, I said it last night after the fights. I was so happy that Cater won, dude. And I was like, I even said this in some of my first tweets. I was like, yeah, Giga's probably gonna win, but he ain't shit though. Like I just was, I was all talking shit, and I was like, yeah, whatever, he'll probably win. Like kind of just to cover my bases, I guess. But I was so happy Cater won, dude. Uh, so I was like, this is drunk juice from the Friendly Spark podcast, and I was like talking shit. I was like, is Giga a fraud? <laughs> is he a fraud? I have a feeling Rhino will have answered that very seriously. Like, no, if you watch his fights in glory, he's got it. He's an actually good striker. Like, he'll answer it so seriously, but I was just talking shit, dude. Anyway, go check out Rhino's show. He's the best. Another um, homie who's got a great show uh, is MMA by Milliken. MMA by Milliken by name. MMA by Milliken by nature. And what I mean is that's the name of his account and that's also the name of his show uh mma by millican um he does a show i don't think it's called this but he does he 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 does like a i don't know if it's a segment on the show but he'll be like these are suspect picks which i think is funny because any 
any iteration of five picks that comes from anyone who's not like a paid analyst, those are suspect picks. And I'm including myself, especially myself. You think my picks aren't suspect? You haven't been listening long enough. <laughs> All right, here's uh, my baby. Milliken. I hope you guys staying safe, staying strong, staying positive out here. Love your show as always. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Take care of yourselves. Hope to hear more from you in the new year. John Jones is a piece of trash. And as always, Leon Edwards sucks. Take care. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard or the the patrons that are watching the video definitely saw I was cracking up throughout that message, dude, for two reasons. One is because the title of the of the because on Anchor you can title your message. He titled it "Love You Guys" and Leon Edwards sucks. So I knew it was coming, and I was laughing about that. But I also was laughing because when he was like, "Stay strong, stay positive," and this was sent on the 29th. Now this was during a window where my wife and I had to quarantine because she had COVID (laughs) and a friend of ours that I did a show with back in September also test positive a little bit later. I don't know if you guys remember from South Park. Um, When they got, when like Carbon and someone else I think got HIV and like, Oh, I'm not even sure. I'm HIV positive. <laughs> he would tweet about it. He edited that meme. He took like, you know, he found the meme or whatever and edited instead of HIV put COVID. Whenever he would post about it and someone would be like, oh my God, are you sure everything or whatever? He'd be, he would be like, I'm not too sure. I'm COVID positive. So he was like, stay strong, stay positive. I'm COVID positive. Anyway, dude, go check out Milliken's show. Uh, follow him if you're not. He's amazing. And now I think that that gets rid of the backlog, at least in terms of Anchor. I know we've got a couple of like, like uh, MMA Catfish. Make sure to remind me to play his voicemail. I definitely will if you're listening, Seth. Um, but I think the rest of these are all new, which love that for me because there's a fair amount of them. What's up, guys? It's your boy, T-Cross. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a Happy Hanukkah and whatever else uh, you guys may celebrate. Uh, So I'm currently listening to one of Ariel Helwani's episodes uh, from within the last two weeks, and they're talking about the difference between, like, Corey Sanhagen and Peter Jan's fight and uh, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler's fight. And the question was, do you prefer the the masterclass technique or the the brawling style and maybe it's just me but i take complete offense to diminish what michael chandler and justin gaethje did to just a brawl if you watch justin gaethje strike and you think that that's not crisp clean master class of striking you don't know what the fuck you're looking at maybe that's just me tell me if i'm wrong thanks guys love the show love you guys and we love you t cross yet like so I listen to Ariel's show uh, every week as well. And sometimes we'll talk about it too. Like we'll text like, did you see this interview? Did you hear this? I remember that being like, yeah, what the fuck? Like you're wildin'. Because I, I'll say this. It's not 
like I didn't necessarily take offense, and, and it definitely does diminish. But I think mostly just it, it's an oversimplification. It's definitely like wanting to categorize something that doesn't necessarily need to be categorized, and like putting them into a box where they don't live in necessarily. Like it's fair to call Justin Gaethje a brawler in general, although he's gotten a lot more patient and stuff in his later years. And I don't think Chandler. I mean, he's had some wars, like the fights with Eddie Alvarez and things like that. But I don't know if he's like a brawler by nature. But that certainly was a more sort of brawl esque fight. But that doesn't mean it can not. It's not technical. Like they're they're not mutually exclusive. You know, like, oh, do you prefer the the technical masterclass or the brawl? How about? A brawl that is also a technical masterclass or whatever you know what I'm saying. Like, I'll, I'll say this in, in not really in defense of it, but in sort of you know to guess like why you would say that there wasn't a lot of defense in that fight. And what I mean by that is not that they weren't like dodging or blocking ever, but it there was it was sort of like both both gentlemen had uh, a complete. Maybe not complete, but an overall disregard for their brain health. They were like, "I'll eat, well, I'll eat two to give one," kind of thing. Especially Michael Chandler, especially Michael Chandler, who was able to take Justin Gaethje down in the first round. And like Gaethje was a was a college wrestler and and wrestled some like tough guys, um, like he wrestled Jordan Burroughs and things like that. Like he got far. But never really use it in MMA, and even has said like I never want to use it. I only use it defensively. Chandler uses his wrestling in his fights. Did not want to use, especially in the third round. He was so intent on giving the fans a performance, which I appreciate. But um, anyway, I just think yeah, I completely agree with you, Tigros. It it it's an oversimplification, and it's just I don't know asinine. That's how I feel about it. I like how I'm actually getting drunker and I'm kind of making more sense. It's weird. I was almost completely sober at the start of this episode. I just barely started. Crazy. It's crazy, dogs. I don't think Leo and I have ever explained that. I'm not going to because I think we, we haven't. But it's crazy, dogs. Mm. That's good shit. <laughs> There's another one for Duke Ross. And this one is only four seconds, but I can't <laughs> I can't even remember what it is. Calvin Cater is a fucking bully. That was mean. <laughs> now I remember. I'm pretty sure he's taking the piss. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, now I remember because he said that on fight night, like right after the fight ended, and I was like I texted him. I was like, "Did I miss something? What happened?" He was like, "No, he just beat the fuck out of him. That was he was a bully." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he beat the fuck out of him." All right, here is a is a question from Harry Andrew, and I I haven't I haven't done this tradition in in friendly sparring, and I I might have retired it in even before FWM closed, but I'd like to now bring back at least temporarily the tradition of. Reading and responding to Harry Andrew in RP. And here is his question. So I have no idea if my first message turned or not, because it just kind of it stayed there. It did not. And just kind of, like, disappeared on me. 
Uh, it's Harry Andrew, by the way. Um, I just want to say that fucking final fight was amazing. Seeing Kyle be up giga for like so many rounds was great, and seeing you being so silly on the timeline about giga was just perfect. The only thing that kind of like outdid it was for me was seeing, well, having to hear Don Cruz commentate on fights with Keith Peterson just every time he does it, gets so silly. <laughs> And I just love it, because he's such a... Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of Don Cruz. Sorry for people who are, but fucking... <laughs> hope you both well. We are doing well, thank you, Henny. And I quite enjoyed my saltiness as well. You can never have enough salt, especially when you're talking about someone who is a fraud. Not even going to go there. Alright, here's a question from Ty Flaggy. Hey, what's up, Juice and Leo? It's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles podcast. I was looking at the UFC 270 card, and with the exception of the two title fights, none of the fights on the card are very interesting to me, which is really bizarre. Um, a lot of names I'm not quite familiar with. So my question to you guys is, if there's one fight on the UFC 270 card that I should absolutely watch, which one would you guys pick? Let me know. Love the show. And I'll catch you all later. Peace. This is a great question. Uh, so I am going to pull up the card right now, and I this is one where I think I'm going to answer on Leo's behalf, just because I feel like I know what he would might say. Um, and on questions like these, I tend to I tend to want to pick uh, like a prelim or a, a main card fight that's maybe flying under the radar. Basically, not the main or co-main usually, but. Probably, if I had to answer honestly, the fight I'm most excited for is the Figgy Brandon Moreno trilogy. Like, I'm just such a massive fan of Brandon Moreno, and I just can't wait to see him strangle Diavason fraud Figueredo. <laughs> That's like my new thing. I don't think Figgy's a fraud. Um, Giga is a fraud. That I'm bullish on. But uh, Davison is just, uh, I think just Brandon has his number, dude. Um, but another one, that, so like one I'm, I'm excited for is um, Rodolfo Vieira versus Wellington Turman because we saw Rodolfo Vieira get submitted by a striker who's only a purple belt like not that long ago and he completely gassed and gave up his neck and I was like, hey, everything I know about you has just been changed and Wellington is I think he's a black belt like I don't think he's as good of a black belt as Rodolfo but I'm interested to see if he just uses that to basically keep it standing because I think Wellington has got a fair amount of like maybe not a fair amount but he I think he might have better striking than Rodolfo is kind of what I'm saying so I'm kind of interested to see how that fight plays out but the one that I also am excited that I think would be Leo's answer is Ilya Topuria was supposed to fight, I want to say, Movsari Evloev. I'm pretty sure it's Evloev, but I kind of forget his, his first name. 
because it's so Russian. But uh, Ilya is now fighting Charles Air Jordan, stepping in on less than a week notice. Motherfucker, Charles Jordan, fucking. Maybe it's not less than a week, maybe it's a week. But Charles had posted a, a Photoshop of him. Oh, over the uh, I want to say it's Kyle's dad or someone you know from South Park when he had the the huge balls and he's carrying around a wheelbarrow, uh, and he he put put his face on that guy's body and it was like fucking rolling in the fight week or whatever. Yeah, dude, can't wait for for Charles Edwards and I really like Ilya Tapuria as well. This is gonna be a fucking amazing fight, so I really can't wait. There's some other low key good fights here too, like Michelle Pereira was supposed to fight uh, Muslim Salikov, which was unfortunate for me because I'm a ride or die Muslim Salikov fan, and I I really like Michelle Pereira, but I was like I gotta see him lose if he's fighting my boy the King of Kung Fu. My boy is out, and God knows what. I posted like a cryptic tweet about it, and and like people were inferring or whatever, and I was like, whoa, whoa I just mean I hope he's okay because he pulled out. <laughs> um, but he's now fighting uh the poor poor bastard Andre Filio or Fia. I uh, still don't know how to pronounce Portuguese uh, sometimes, but he's fighting Andre Fialio. And uh, I really think uh, Michelle Pereira is going to give him the business. Maybe not, though, because Michelle's that guy where he'll it'll be fucking weird. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, there's that. Uh, oh, another fight that I'm looking forward to is a uh, uh, Rhino Gang member, Jasmine Jasudovicius. Is fighting Kay Hansen. That fight is very marketable, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Honey Bolshelos is fighting Victor Henry. <laughs> Victor Henry, dude. It's fucking picture on topology is like. I don't know. Maybe I'm an asshole. Take a look at this, patrons. What do you think? I look at that and I'm like. <laughs> lose <laughs> but that's that's just me it's it's a good card and to your point it's not necessarily like other than the two title fights like take away the two title fights doesn't feel like a pay-per-view like the ufc last year especially did a great job of stacking the pay-per-view not just the main card but filling up that undercard as well um it it, it, it was really it was really a treat last year with the pay-per-views. The fight nights suffered. The fight nights were shady, kind of, or like mid. Um, but the pay-per-views are really good. This is a pr this is a decent pay-per-view. I mean, we have to watch Cody Stamen fight. Uh, it's always unfortunate when we have to watch him fight, but he's fighting Saeed Nurmagomedov, so maybe, just maybe, Saeed's going to give him the business. I mean, he's not Khabib, but, you know, Anyways, where was I even going with that? Trevor Giles is fighting. He's fighting a welterweight. I thought he was a middleweight. That's interesting. I wonder if he's moving down. How is it going to look? Uh, ever since Trevor Giles got a win he shouldn't have over James Krause, I've been sort of... And I always do that. It's not his fault. It's the judge's fault. But I was like, dude, what the fuck? Anyway, that's that, Ty.
that is that when it comes to UFC 270. Um, so thank you for that, and go check out his show, From Kicking to Throat Calls. And here is a boy, the champ, the champion of season one, friendly sparring fight pick league, Dave L. Hey guys, Dave L here, and he's had to drop out of the Volkanovski fight. But rather than waiting for the winner of this fight, who would have some hype behind them, or picking Josh Emmett, who's on a four-fight win streak, including the win over Danny Gay, they went with Korean Zombie, who... Well, he did have an unimpressive win over Danny Gay. Also, just got tuned up by Brian Ortega. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Love to hear your guys' thoughts. Thanks. Love the show. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I, I think if they had waited and Giga had won, they probably would have gone with him. Uh, if Cater had won, and granted, that was an amazing win. And I want to see Cater. I want to see him fight Ortega or Yair next. Um, and to your point, Josh Emmett's a great candidate as well um, for tell shot. Two things: we're going to Josh Emmett. Other than fighting Danny Gay recently, he hasn't fought in like two years. Um, I may have made that up, but it's been close to two years, and I'm not going to look it up. Um, so you can look it up and let me know if I'm right. But it, he was out for a long time, and and when you're when you're out for a long time, you're you're out of like the mind of the public it's very much like what have you done for me lately kind of a sport and that's that's unfortunate um and because his his win streak has not really aged well um and some of his losses have been like he lost to jeremy stevens where um jeremy stevens he almost finished jeremy stevens and then jeremy stevens came back was landing some like back of the head blows that dan margliata didn't see and called a TKO instead of a disqualification, and uh, Josh Emmett had to get fucking like facial reconstruction or something like that. Like he was badly injured from that fight, and now Jeremy Stevens is like, like that was when Jeremy Stevens was like ranked number three in the world or something, and he was in a bit of like a career resurgence, and now Jeremy Stevens is like very much on the down slope. So that's kind of what I'm saying about his recent wins and, and recent fights. When you think about like the scope of things aren't really aging that well, which is unfortunate. Um, I still think he's amazing that he, he can can do well. Volkanovski is obviously a much more technical fighter, but he has that he has that power that's just could be a game changer. Uh, regarding Korean Zombie, though, first of all, Zombie has a name, and it just maybe I'm maybe I'm biased. Like I'm I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Korean Zombie. He had a great back and forth with Volkanovski a while ago. And it goes to that whole thing about like trash talk cells or whatever. He's had history where he's called it out and then the champ called him out too, I think. Maybe he was before he got the belt or maybe he just was like, maybe he responded to a call out. But they had some words and there's there's some dislike there. And like Korean Zombie is normally very respectful and very nice. But he was like, I don't know if he was talking shit. I think he was talking shit via a translator, obviously. But, dude, it was – I want to see that fight, basically, is what I'm saying. And, like, I, I get being upset at the choice. And, obviously, we're going to get to this with another question. Henry Cejudo was never even close to being in the running. Yeah, for me, for me, I'm, I'm happy with the zombie pick. And, honestly, I don't know 
what the deal is with Max and how long he is going to be out. I almost would have preferred to wait for that because I just I, I need closure on that trilogy. I really do. Um, even though Folk when I was used to a no, you know how I feel about that second fight. I I just. If nothing else, like Volk for his legacy needs needs closure on that trilogy, because he could very well beat Max a third time, and if he does, there should not be any other like talk about who's the better fighter or whatever. You know what I mean? Obviously, Max would still have the resume at that point, but regardless, if Volk beats him in the trilogy, he's three zero against him. Stop. But right now, it's like well. In some people's eyes, like some people, and I, I'm guilty of this myself, like to ignore the record, like what the official record says, if they didn't agree. Like I'm like, oh, they're one and one, even though it's he's two and oh. <clears throat> but I digress. Dave L., great question. Can't wait for, uh, for you to um, know what the prize for season two is of the fight pick league and I should uh maybe I should read the results. I won't do that, but um what I will say is regarding the Patreon Fight Pick League. Right so right now there are two tiers for Patreon. You can join at three dollars, which is just access to like some of the posts and certain things. So obviously it includes the Fight Pick League and um sometimes I'll post little like sometimes I'll I'll make the video episodes available for the three dollar tier just as like a thank you. Um, but obviously we shout the patrons out every episode and that's part of that. I'm thinking about adding, and when I say thinking, I meant to have already done this. I'm just been sidetracked. I'm going to add a $1 tier. Oh, I I should finish. Also, we have a $5 tier that allows you all that I mentioned and, uh, the video podcast. So you can, you can be watching me get drunk by myself. Super sad. Anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm going to add a $1 tier for just the Fight Big League. Just the Fight Big League. Just for people that want to participate and want to try and win this prize because, my God, the prize is pretty fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. what $1. $1 a month you can join for to, to participate in the Fight League. And before, because we were testing it out last, last uh, season, if you will, it was like eight weeks, I think. It was just because it was just from whenever we started until the end of the year just gonna have like a clear end date and kind of test it out well i think we're gonna do it all depends on the ufc schedule is we're gonna go from now until international fight week now that's because international fight week is normally in july and if that's the case it'll be pretty much a midpoint because usually the first weekend in july and then we're starting late into january like it's it's about half basically and then we would go from January to the end of the year, or sorry, from July to the end of the year for the second, uh, for the third season, or maybe for the other half of the for the year. If they do international fight weekend in September again, like they did last year, because I think it was just for COVID, if they do that again, we will riot and not do that. We'll figure something out. Um, but basically, we're going from now until international fight week. For this season of the Fight Pick League, and we are giving away an amazing prize. So, if you want to win it, and you're not currently a patron, just one dollar, one dollar. 
and you can participate with us weekly. I was going to say there's like friendly banter. There isn't really. Like there's sometimes like some people will see their results and be like, fuck yeah, I killed it. And then sometimes simple people will see their results and be like, oh, I fucking did not do well this week. Whatever. <laughs> or they'll comment on like a shady decision. Like I should have gotten more points, but there's fucking judges or whatever. But there isn't really like friendly banter of like, you know, whatever. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. There could be though. There could be. All right. Speaking of patrons, this gentleman has been a long time listener of the podcast and just became a patron. And I'm very fucking excited because he's one of my favorite people. This is the homie, no longer last minute Larry, because he got this one in well on time. Juice, Leo, what's going on, boys? This isn't late, is it? <laughs> it's um, not. <laughs> I'm so fucking glad we have fights back. Um, uh, as far as 270 goes, I, you know I'm a huge um, fan of Figgy. Uh, Moreno makes it so hard to root for him. That makes it really interesting. I, that's the fight I'm looking forward to the most. I, I can't wait to see that one. Uh, which fight on 270 are each of you looking forward to the most? And do either of you care if Greg Hardy's bitch-ass finger ever heals? Love you, boys. Can't wait to listen to the show. Peace. And we love you too, Decrons. That was Decrons. I thought I, I thought he said his uh, name, so I was going to say it. Dude, first off, I hope Greg Hardy's finger never heals. I hope it's, I hope it's continuously a problem, like just perpetually broken. Like if nothing else, he just is in, uh, like everlasting agony. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, he's asking about two seventy. Um. Yeah, like oh, here's what I was gonna say when he said I'm a fan of Figgy. Moreno makes it hard to root for him. I hope you're saying Moreno makes it hard to root for Figgy because I think Moreno makes it very easy to root for him being Moreno, because I fucking love Brandon Moreno, and I have for a while. I got I'm not I'm not one of those guys that are like whoa I was a fan from the beginning. These new fans or whatever like dude just be a fan whenever. I'm just glad people, more people are becoming a fan of him. But I just I have always like ever since the Ultimate Fighter I was like that's my guy. That's my guy right there. So, um, we love Brandon Moreno. Like I said, that's probably and honestly, like I didn't mention in the in the other uh, question when when Ty asked this, I'm really looking forward to Ngana versus Cyril Gon and uh, uh, <laughs> Chael had this great line and I I don't I didn't I didn't hear I heard about it through T Cross because you guys know I canceled Chael a long time ago. I I, I cannot listen. To him anymore, but he's still really good. I just can't. Um, but he said, "This has the potential to." I'm gonna do a mediocre chill impression, impersonation, impression and impersonation sound too similar, dude. It's like it's like skit and sketch. They mean the same thing, and they're and they're similar. And I always say like skitch. Not a word. Anyway, I'm gonna do a mid chill impression. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan has the and he probably pronounced both of those names wrong has the potential to be the greatest fight in heavyweight history. Problem is, you get a microphone in front of Francis and he says, 
And when and when it's time for Cyril to promote the fight, he says. And I mean, he's not wrong. And 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 part of the problem is, especially with with Cyril. I mean, Cyril's never been one to like really say much, and he's like a soft-spoken man of few words. But but the main thing that makes it hard for him is like he's kind of in a in the middle of a lover's quarrel between uh, Francis's old coach and his current coach. Uh, name escapes me for Fernand Lopez. He's sort of like caught in between those two. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you're also one half of promoting this fight. You're an interim champion. You should be getting pay-per-view points on this regardless. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, Fra Francis is mostly just like yelling at the UFC right now. And not that Francis is really great at promoting his fights anyway, but usually he's like not bad, I guess. It makes me interested. And I'm always going to watch either of them fight anyway and be excited. But to Chael's point, if you didn't know about this fight, they're not doing a good job of making sure you do. And um, again, gonna virtually, metaphorically, pour one out for my boy Muslim Selikov. Had he still been fighting on this card, Muslim versus Michel Pereira was the fight. That would one hundred percent be my answer, without a doubt. That's the fight. Still, I still want to see it. I still book it whenever he comes back. So thank you, Decrons, and that is it for um, voice questions from Anchor. I'm just going to make T-Cross had four questions. I'm just checking off my list and making it twice. It's not even it's not even words. Um, yes, now we are at the voicemail from MMA Catfish. And I always um, I always do this where I'll read, not always, most of the time, I, I read the transcript, at least part of it, because it makes me fucking laugh, dude. It's always so inaccurate at certain points, and like every every every, um, every time MMA Catfish calls in, he refers to Leo and I collectively as Julio, and it always gets it wrong. This time, because he says, "Hey, Julio, baby," it fucking said, "Pedrito, baby." Pedrito, which means little Pedro in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, this was meant to have been played on the best of episode, which was like the first of the new year. And, you know, so there's, I think, some talk about resolutions, kind of, but you'll see. Anyways, here is his voicemail. celebrated it even now when I used to drink a lot. I can go out and party because it was just one of those fucking amateur night holidays. Um, and as you've probably seen from my post, I love to laugh at the new year, new me people. But I don't mind uh, if people actually care about New Year's or, you know, have goals or things like that. And so I thought I would ask you two 
New Year's? And if so, do you have, you know, some goals that are set for the upcoming year or things that you're looking to accomplish? Uh, you know, I'm beyond Peggy. Just thought I'd check. Ace, FMP. Oh, we love you, Seth. What a, what a great message. And uh, if you listen to his latest uh, episode of his podcast, which you should, um, it's called Catfishing with the Tat Daddy. He expands upon that about the new year, new me people thing. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good rant. Um, I am sort of in agreement. Like I don't – I think ta- – not time, but the concept of like a calendar is sort of arbitrary. Like – yeah, it is measurable by the Earth making a trip around the sun, and people figured that out. And you know, every time the Earth rotates, that's a full day, and so we have three hundred sixty-five of those, and that makes a year. Like, okay, sure. But to me, like, I just think like we could have started that at any point. So why does it matter? Like, other like cultures go by different calendars as well. Like, it's not even a universal thing for everybody. So like, why even measure it sometimes? And obviously, it's helpful for. You know your birthday, like knowing your birthday, <laughs> and tracking your age is what I'm saying. But, but but beyond that, I'm like, yeah, why? But I I get into it, you know, in in the sense that it's sort of an extension of Christmas, like it's still part of quote unquote the holidays. Like it's usually still part of like winter break if you're in school or or with a company that closes for that time because some of them do. Um, I haven't done that because I work in talent acquisition. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's one of those things that it's, it's just sort of like like a, it's part of, you know, quote the holidays. Like it's, it's something I like in that sense. But to your point of like, do I, I, I'm I'm not really a resolutions guy. Excuse me. Well, you know what that means? It's time for another drink. Um, so yeah, I'm not really like a big resolutions guy because like you said, until my point of like time and calendars being arbitrary, like you can decide to make those changes whenever. And, and sometimes, and I, and I said this on our, our best of episode, like it's not that I don't like New Year's. Like I do like to sort of wax poetic about the year that just passed. Um, it's just, it's just a good marker and it makes you like kind of look back on the year. Um, so in that sense, I do like it, you know, but I always sort of have that thought about, I have those kind of thoughts on my birthday as well. Like I'm like, oh, another year on the earth. What have I done? What could I have done? What should I do in the next one? And usually I don't do those things, but you know, you have those thoughts. <laughs> it's the thought that counts, but don't, sh- you know, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I land on it. I wish I had a more like deep answer, I guess. Not really that necessarily you were looking for that, but you know, you know not to come to me for a deep answer. I was gonna say something ridiculous, um, but yeah. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for that question. Go check out his podcast, and just uh, just be cool in general. I don't know what I was saying. I think I had something and I just sort of made that up. I was like, yeah, just just be cool. <laughs> um, but here is a is a as a message from Pat Tobin. Boys, 
Briggs, Pat Tobin here. Happy 22 to you. Uh, hope you guys are well. Uh, just want to get your thoughts. Well, actually, I want to make a comment, and then I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, the whole Henry Cejudo situation, wanting to fight Volk and publicly, very publicly coming out and, and, and stating as such, and uh, the UFC not giving him the fight. And now he's saying that, well, you know, you did it for, for GSP in the past where you've let someone come back and just fight for the title. I think the big difference that everyone seems to be missing is is the reasons that they left. I mean, I don't think Henry is GSP by any stretch of the imagination as far as a draw goes. But when GSP left, he, he publicly stated that the reason he left was uh, he needed a rest, he, he needed a mental break more than anything else, and, and then the UFC tried to convince him to come back, which they eventually did for one fight, and then he walked away. Um, whereas Henry, when he sat out, he publicly stated it was because of the money. Uh, that's the reason he wasn't fighting anymore. He wasn't getting paid enough. And I think it sends a very bad message uh, to the rest of the roster if he then is allowed to come back, gets that payday, uh, sits out for however long, gets the payday, and then probably walks away again. So I think that's probably the real reason why the UFC is doing it um, and, and something that doesn't seem to be brought up much. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, uh, yeah, and I hope you guys are going well. Speak to you soon. Fuck yeah, Pat Tobin. First of all, Love this guy. Been a long-time supporter of the show. And we have our, you know, quote-unquote regulars with, when it comes to the forum and people that submit questions, you know, every week or most weeks. And I've always thought of Pat as, like, like the Haley's Comet of the forum. Like, doesn't come regularly. It's a, it's more of a, that makes it an event when he does. And he always comes, brings the fire. Amazing question. I agree with everything you said, Pat. And I will add to it. There's a thing in we say in improv. Yes, and I'm gonna yes and that because it's not just. First of all, him bringing you to oh you did it for for GSP. One, they're they were burned by that. They did not want that to happen. They GSP said I plan to come like it's, it was in his contract that he would defend it against Robert Whitaker, who at the time was the interim champion. Like they made that fight with Bisping because. He was going to then unify with Robert Whitaker. GSP got ulcerative colitis and had to retire again. Like, that's also lost in this conversation. But but everything you said is true also about, you know, Henry Cejudo is not GSP. And and, and it's like you said, like, like GSP at the time was, was the biggest draw in the company. At the time, meaning when he retired in 2013. And he, it wasn't just... Needing to needing a break, like you said, like, wasn't that wasn't the only reason of his retirement. He also stated, and this may have been after the fact, and it may have been like on his mind, but he didn't say it until later. He was outspoken about steroid use as well. Like he fought Johnny Hendricks, who many people thought think was on steroids. I think he was on steroids too. Um, not that every, anyone else wasn't. Like it wasn't the only one. That's why, like I don't really give a shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. I agree with GSP. Uh, he was on steroids, and that's it. Like. GSP came back a few years after USADA had been doing its thing and kind of saw what. So, so the timing is very relevant in that sense, is, is all I mean. And what, what, what another thing he's missing, there was a there was a genuine demand for GSP. People would at like he would do in that in that th three or four years he was gone, ended up being f four by the time he came back. I think almost to the day, but in that time, he would do interviews every now and then, and people would like, when are you coming back? And would be like, oh, we'll see, I'm not really planning right now, I have a thing going on in the world, whatever. 
there was demand for GSP. And th- there was absolutely no demand for GSP. Like when, 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 when George Sapier retired, they were, they were in shock. They didn't know he was going to do that. He had that was his ninth title defense. He was the like greatest welterweight of all time, and they're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck are you doing?" Uh, like they held a whole press conference. They were like, "No, George isn't retired. Just stop! Don't don't listen to him. He's just talking. He's whatever." They had this whole thing about it where they were con- trying to convince him to stay stick around. When Henry Cejudo retired, they were like, "Okay, man, cool." Uh, like Dana, they they asked Dana in the press conference, "He's like, well, you heard him. He's retired." Like, could not have been, and, and and outwardly, he was being apathetic, and I think to an extent, like, yeah, he didn't really need Henry to move that division along, but because of GSP, and I think other champions did as well, they hate when a champion leaves with the belt. Like, they want to have a clean change of hands. They don't want to have people fighting for a vacant belt. Uh, they hate when they do that. So, so they were burned. By GSP, not just with the return, but with the initial retirement as well. They were burned by just the whole thing. So when Henry sort of retired, they were like, "Okay, man, uh, Aljamain, uh, you're next," or whatever, like whatever happened. I can't remember at, at at the time, like whoever fought for for the for the belt, like oh, I think it was Jan and, and Aljo, not Aldo, Aldo, <laughs> sorry, Jan and, and Jose Aldo were, were the vacant title. Y- yeah, like they don't give a fuck about you, Henry. They don't need and and when we're thinking about the options, like. Ariel made a good point on his show when he was like, if they were going to do the Cejudo fight, now would be sort of the only time because this is like a replacement. Uh, there's not really a clear-cut number one contender right now other than Max. Like, it's fine if they put Henry in. And I'm like, okay, I can live with that. I still didn't want to see the fight, though. And to my point, neither did anybody else, Henry. Shut the fuck up. Go away. Absolutely go away. Uh, become a coach. No one gives a fuck about uh, Henry being a triple champ. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about the possibility that he would become one if he um, beat uh, Volkanovski. I don't count the fucking Olympic medal, dude. I I don't count that. Like, oh, does that mean Ronda Rousey was a double champ? Does that mean? Like anyone who has ever meddled in another thing is uh, a double champ if they become a champion in the UFC. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Pat, don't get me all fired up over this. <laughs> but yeah, fuck that. Absolutely fuck that. And that, my friends, is the end of the voice questions of the forum. And I'm pretty sure there's no Twitter questions either. So we're going to just check that just to make sure. Um, I pulled up my Twitter. I instantly found the Tank Abbott Artem Lobov, Artem Lobov tweet because that was still queued up on my screen. It was, and I had to save it as a draft. I don't save drafts, by the way. No, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Whatever you're doing, pause this episode. Once I'm done, publish your drafts. Normalize publishing your drafts. Normalize. Not even making a draft unless you need to, like I just needed to. Don't tweet something and think, ah, shouldn't tweet this. Let's leave it in the drafts. Just fucking hit send. You see the filth that's on 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 the timeline? How is that any worse than what you see? I talked about those weird tweets. 
whatever is in your drafts is not as bad as that. And I'm not even going to say that. Um, yeah, I want to just open up the Twitter forum just to make sure there's no uh, question. And there isn't. So that means we've only got two things left to do. Suspect picks, to quote, to coin a phrase, uh, Milliken. Um, get, uh, give you guys my picks and what I think Leo's picks would be. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, actually. Uh, because I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let him do his picks on Patreon. You guys will find that out if you're a patron. Um, I'm gonna give my picks for free UFC 270. Just the main card. That's what we do. Uh, and then I'm gonna shout out our lovely patrons. So first part of the main card for. Whoa. Okay. This is fucked up. Typology is fucked up. <laughs> they they normally have, like. They have the whole fights listed, right? Obviously, you know that. Oh, you fucking ad from Tapology. Hate their ads. I hate any website with ads, not just theirs. Like, don't have ads, especially ones that pop up and play videos when I don't want them to. Um, it says there's only three fights on the main card. It says there's a two title fights and then the Tapuria Jordan fight. Hey, there's obviously at least two more. So I'm just going to do the uh, two before that, assuming they're going to be on the main card. Or maybe they're calling Audible. Typology's fucking up. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to hunt for the rest of the main card right now. I'm not going to go checking other sites because Typology is usually the go-to. And so I, I I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to do. This is uncharted territory for Typology. They're never wrong. Um, so... What I assume would be the first fight of the pay-per-view is, is Cody Simi versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. I don't like either guy, but like I said, I'm, for some reason, a, a huge hater when it comes to Cody Stamen. Uh, and so I'm picking Saeed Nurmagomedov. Not even super confident in that because, like I said, it's fraud. He's not Khabib, but uh, that's my pick because not Cody Stamen. Rodolfo uh, Vieira versus Wellington uh, Tourman. I, I would like to believe in in Hodolfo. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put my faith in him again. It could be very misguided. Uh, it's probably not gonna be a good matchup for him. But before he got submitted by Fluffy, dude, I was like, this guy is a fucking beast. He's gonna he's gonna submit everyone in the division. Nope, he's gonna gas out in one round and give up his neck to a striker. Uh, what? I'm like shitting on my own pick. Like, hey, you suck. I'm going to pick you anyway. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, and now we're, we're, we're on to the actual what's listed on the typology main card. Ilya Tapuria versus Charles Jordan. I got to go with Jordan, dude. I got to go with Jordan. And, I, and I'm confident that this would also be Leo's pick. Like, that I know. We, we, love, we love Charles on the Friendly Sparring Podcast. And again... Also love Ilya, and I liked Ilya even more when I heard an interview with him on Ablemos MMA. I talked about that podcast in the Best of Show. Uh, I listened to it a lot. Uh, Danny uh, Segura has got great takes on MMA, and it's uh, Spanish only, so it flexes that part of my brain. So love that for me. Um, yeah, Ilya versus Jordan is going to be a fucking amazing fight, and I got Jordan. Which not super confident. They're both evenly matched up anyway, and Jordan's on short notice. But 
Dude, that fucking flying ground and pound is something else, dude. <laughs> we'll see. And then we got we got Brandon Moreno versus Diego Figueredo. I gotta go with Brandon, and uh, like I said, I just think he has Figgy's number. And uh, Figgy had an interview where um, he had his translator slash manager Valid Ishmael there, and I put translator in quotes because Valid is a, a terrible translator, uh, meaning. He, it's because he's a manager. Like he's not a buy. He's not like like a translator should be an unbiased third party, ideally, that just sort of goes in there and uh, translates exactly what the other person has said. And and when I say unbiased, that isn't as important as like being unbiased and translating unbiased are not the same thing. Like volley translates unbiased because or sorry volley translates in a biased manner because of his bias but that doesn't mean someone can be like some people have a a, a translator that they work with personally like like yo romero worked with this guy named ray who was just amazing and it was like his personal guy that he would work with before he learned english and and great translation like one of the best and then like like Biased in terms of their relationship, but not biased in terms of the translation. Another f- a fantastic example, Fyodor Emelianenko uses, I think her name is Tanya. Uh, she reminds me of like Russian Roseanne, like just in terms of her like look. She look, she has similar look to Roseanne. It's weird. I don't even want to talk about it. It feels weird that I said that, but it's true. Like look at her and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, again, I don't speak Russian, so I assume, but just the her demeanor, like there's no way she she's not translating exactly what he's saying. It would just be weird because he, she's also not having like the, the reason like Valid has bad translation is because he's like trying to like hype a fight and he talks shit about the other person. Like it's weird. Tanya has a lo- has a long standing good relationship with Fyodor, but I guarantee she's translating exactly what he says. Um, all that to say. Oh, I was saying Valid was saying how. Uh, Brandon not Brandon Jefferson uh, Figueredo was like during the their second fight he was like trying to do things where he was like opening up a gym because he had this dream of like being a gym owner he's like I really want to have my own gym and and Vali was trying to convince him to put it off and, and he said the fucking most hilarious thing I sent I sent Leo a clip of this when, whenever it happened he was like I told him not to do it I said you gonna be fuck I can't tell you how funny it is to me when when someone is is trying to say fucked and they just say fuck. It is so funny. Like, I don't know what happened. I was fuck. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, yeah. So all that say, team team Brando. Another recent interviewee on Hablemos MMA, and just a phenomenal interview. Like Brandon gives really good interviews in English now that he speaks good English, but. When you do, when you hear him speak his own language, it's just, his personality comes through a lot, a lot better. I think it's just, I don't know. Learn Spanish if you're listening to this and you don't know Spanish, so you can listen to Brandon Moreno in his native language. You'll just appreciate him more. Um, and then, honestly, I gotta say, I've gone back and forth on Francis and Cyril a ton of times because Cyril is really good. And like I, I keep going back to like my comment on that sparring footage that came out, that like fifteen second clip or whatever. 
And I was like, wow, Cyril is piecing him up. Too bad he's going to get knocked out. <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. Like, Ngata has this one punch. He's like the Deontay Wilder of MMA. And and he's got better technique than Deontay Wilder in terms of his striking versus Deontay's technique. But he's just, he's got that, he's got that fight-ending power. I got to feel like Francis is going to touch him at least once. You know what I mean? Especially with the improvements that he made. Like, dude, that, that Stipe rematch was scary. When he sprawled and spun and took the back, I was like, oh, my God. And and, and Cyril's not going to get him into those positions, but, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I got to feel like uh, Francis walks away with this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if Cyril won. I wouldn't because he is that good. I just think, like, if you're fighting a gun, it doesn't matter how good you are. Unless you're a good wrestler. Or you're Derek Lewis with a bad back. <laughs> Shout out to Derek Lewis beating Ghana that everyone forgot about because everyone thinks that fight was a draw because no strikes were thrown. No no strikes were thrown, but Derek won. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to a close. You can follow me at Montgomery. I'm just kidding. You can follow me at friendly spar pod you can follow leo at leo gh2113 you can follow t cross on instagram at t cross the boss oh, it's the boss is it for some reason i thought it was the boss and by the way boss is spelled b-a-w-s-s it's t cross the b-a-w-s-s give him a, a shameless plug on instagram he's on twitter he got kicked off of Twitter for calling Tommy Laren. Is her name Tommy Laren or Tony Laren? I can't remember. I think it's Tommy. Anyway, he called her a first ballot Hall of Fame cunt. So that was a well-earned ban. Not that I would ban him for that. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to get banned, it better be for something like that. Like, for a good cause is what I mean. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, also follow Brian Pichet. I pulled up, uh, I pulled up Instagram to, to make sure T-Gross's handle... And I see a uh, post from Brian Pichet where he made a a, a, a Oaxaca old-fashioned featuring mezcal and reposado tequila. Interesting. Didn't know you could make old fashions with mezcal and tequila. Not that I drink tequila because I don't like it. But anyway, <laughs> dude, it's been one of those days. Um this is the time where we shout out our patrons, the lovely people who make this show possible. Um, shout out to the homie Callum, APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T-Cross, Filthy Casual, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Makes the Man, Anonymous, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian P. Shea, Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Supermanly Nick, David S., and our newest patron. I shouted him out earlier, but it bears repeating. Decrons. Welcome to the fold, my man. Super excited to have you and, and everybody. Um, and, and shout out to you if you decide to join. You being anyone I didn't mention who is listening. Like I said, we're starting a $1 tier for anyone that wants to get involved in the um, Fight Big League. Or, or if you just want to uh, support one one dollar, 
one dollar we're gonna we're gonna um, make a tier four and you can be involved in the fight pick league and once once you see this prize you're gonna want to win it there's no there, there, there's no world in which you see this and 